You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexa Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about periods and menstrual cycles. Now, I wanted to dive into this topic, especially after the conversations that I've had around puberty trauma and the impact of getting our first period on the pregnancy journey and how that can affect you emotionally. But also because there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding around cycles and your periods, especially when you've just had a baby and whether or not you can have sex again so soon and whether you need to wait for your first period and all of that. So we're going to bust a few myths around that so that you're super clear and don't find yourself with Irish twins. But also I want to talk about the way that we feel about our periods and how for some it can be filled with shame. So this episode is really about helping you to fall back in love with your cycle and your periods. So this is a great episode and I'm joined today by Elizabeth Tidwell, who's got a great Instagram feed on called My Club Red, which she really, she helps those that are coming up to their first period, adolescents, to really embrace their cycle. And she's doing incredible work. So we have a brilliant conversation all about periods and pregnancy. Enjoy. Hello, Elizabeth, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So we're going to be talking about menstrual cycles. And even before we started recording, which bits are we covering? And I was like, you know what, Elizabeth, we're going to do all of it because (laughs) all the bits, all the aspects of menstrual cycles, whether it's the first cycle you ever have or if you're at the tail end of your bleeding life. So but before we do all that, let's just find out a bit about you. So, Elizabeth, just tell us a little bit about you and how come you now are somebody that I'm reaching out to to talk about this stuff? Hi. Okay. So I am menstrual cycle coach and I also have a daughter. I was like a huge tomboy growing up. I I had a lot of like trauma around femininity and things like that. Could not have forecasted that I would be all about menstrual cycles and like talking to women administrators about how to make this an awesome ally in your life. But that is what I do. And I super love it. Amazing. So how did you get onto this then? So I'm just being nosy now. Like, how did you, given that backdrop you've just given us? I had a baby about four years ago. And at the same time, this is like a huger story, but at the same time, I left the religious community that I'd grown up in, which had given me all this like kind of traumatic messaging about like my identity and femininity and all sorts of stuff. And after I had a baby and she's a girl and I just like kind of was confronted with how I wanted her female experience to be different from the messaging that I got about like from larger culture as well. Just like we all know that like there's a lot of shame around female bodies and menstruation and just like all of it. I overheard a friend recommending a book on menstrual cycles and I hadn't I didn't have my period at the time because right after I gave birth at my six-week postpartum appointment, my OB kind of made it sound like this is normal that everybody does. And so I just went along with it, but he put in um, an IUD. So I wasn't cycling. I hadn't had my cycle for like a few years. And I, at the time had been just starting to notice something was missing. Like 
I was just starting to notice that like I just had the thought that like I'm choosing to stop a natural aspect of my body and I was like intrigued by the idea of living by cycles and I'm super into like nature so I'm like I'm just like I've opted out I've shut down this natural part of what these years of my life are supposed to have in them so I like had this nagging thought in my mind and curiosity and then I had a friend who recommended to somebody else that I overheard who recommend this to the book wild power by Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer of Red School. And I read the book and it absolutely, so many pieces fell into place for me about just my experience and how I wanted my experience to be with my cycle instead of something to totally loathe and feel as annoyance and just ignore. Instead, to experience my cycle as a superpower and like this huge way of like getting to know my deeper self accepting my body the way that it is and really utilizing that for like great opportunities for like self-connection body acceptance and things like that that I didn't have a history of before launched me into realizing I was like okay so this has like absolutely transformed my life and why do we never talk about periods this way and I want to help other people have this same huge realization so I actually signed up like immediately after reading their book to train with them. And then I took another training. Then I started a period self-care subscription box and the coaching and I am all about it. Really, we've got the whole range of the female experience. You've got those that are trying to want to get pregnant. There are those that are too terrified to get pregnant. And so they're going to be obsessing over their cycles because they desperately don't want to be having sex at certain times of the month whereas there's another group that absolutely want to be all over that time of the month because they want to get pregnant and then there's obviously new mamas with new baby they're like oh when when do I need to <laughs> when <laughs> do I want another baby so soon when do I need, when can I have the first you know session post baby um and then obviously older mums which we have a lot more older mums now I was an older mum I was 40 with my second as you hit starting I've got some friends that hit perimenopause at 43 so you could be having perimenopause kicking in with the fluctuations so so really you know in terms of where do we direct this conversation there's that we can't because it, it's this like the female experience of bleeding okay so so I'm happy to be led by you but one thing that um I really want us to do or to inspire listeners really is to really what you touched on already which is to to love your period and to see it as a superpower rather than trying to shut it down ignore it stop it hate it dread it you know like I'm I'm just laying down the challenge here for you like can you in the time we have together flick the switch so that women can come away from hearing what we've got to say today and go you know what I can't wait for my periods (laughs) yes oh my gosh I will take that challenge because it is (laughs) I don't know it is like so I've like done a lot of like therapy and self-work and all that stuff, but I feel like this menstruality work and working with my cycle has actually been the key that was always missing for me because most of us do. Like we engage with life from our brains, right? That's how we work. Moving into menstruality work and using that as like a healing self-connection tool has moved my like my self-awareness way deeper into my actual physically lived experience 
And that has been like so transformational. It's so transformational, I think, because it's so often overlooked. We just think that we can mm. like deal with our fears or our traumas just by through our heads. Like we can think our ways through. A side note, my menstrual cycle coach training, we talked a lot about trauma because honestly, our bodies store our trauma, right? right? And it often shows up in our in our menstrual cycles, not mm. only in like the, the cultural stories that we that are put upon us as uh, cycling beings, but also just like we just store any trauma in our body and mm. finding ways to release that has been really huge for me personally. I, through learning about menstrual cycle awareness, which is just a curiosity around what you experience at different points in your cycle, because every day you are somewhere in your cycle. It's mm. not like, oh, I'm on my period for a few days and then the rest of the time I never think about it. You're actually either in a follicular phase or you're in the luteal phase. And that impacts every single day because your hormones are at a different place. So menstrual cycle awareness just brings this curiosity to what you experience day to day. And then you start seeing these patterns. So I'm on day two of my period right now. And about three days ago, my, <laughs> my husband was like, okay, so are you super mad at everything I am saying? And since I know about my cycle and I knew it was like the day before my period, I told him, no, honestly, I am, I'm very neutral about like this conversation. Like I'm not sitting here judging you. I think he was like cooking dinner and he's like, why are you like so judgmental about what I'm doing? And honestly, I I said, I'm not, it's just the day before my period. So I come across that way. It seems like externally that I'm like so judgy, but like internally, I'm actually just fine. It's just that like my hormones are taking a steep dive right before your period because your period is the, the lowest point of all of your hormones. My body's calibrating that and it shows up in all these ways every single day this whole idea of menstrual cycle awareness, knowing where you're at in your menstrual cycle has helped. Yeah, me know myself. So then I can communicate with the people around me, like where I'm at. And then we it doesn't turn into a fight. It doesn't turn into a big deal. It just turns into, oh, okay, you'll feel different tomorrow or in two hours. I don't have to worry about that because I, I recognize the heart of what's going on isn't like, a problem to be solved. It's just something I'm journeying at that moment. So it's like really unleashed a whole bunch of much deeper self-connection and like, again, like relationship connection and so much. I've done a lot of trauma healing very recently, but, but when I was in my twenties, I say my cycle was all over the place. I couldn't predict whether it's going to be a three week cycle or a two month cycle. And I was a hot mess. Like I was a disaster zone emotionally. Whereas now I'm like clockwork. This irregularity of cycle, is that tied to trauma? Is that basically somebody who's massively unhealed and just has a boatload of head trash? Even if it's not like capital T trauma, some major happenings, there's a whole bunch of little traumas all of us experience and we're always carrying them. And they show up in our in our cycles because your menstrual cycle is a stress responsive cycle. And it's like your body's always listening to the input you're giving it and other people are giving it and your thoughts, like they go, they live in our bodies. And so the menstrual cycle is like um, known as like the fifth vital sign or your body's, your overall health like report card because 
it shows up in your cycle. So yeah, when you go through, whether it's big traumas that are unresolved or even just little traumas of like, I'm in a really stressful time in my life, it's going to show up in your period. And then the other bit of trauma, which really kind of was, um, which I became aware of recently. So the work that I do is around helping women to overcome fear and specifically phobia around birth. And there's always a trauma at the root of phobia. And it's whether, so it's understanding what that trauma is. And for many women with tocophobia, it's it's their own birth, their own arrival. And so that's why it, it, it flies under the radar because who's got yes. an awareness or a memory of their yes. own birth, right? But it's not always that. And what's appeared recently or what I've become aware of is how for some, especially those with body image issues and fears of losing control, that is something that they feel very strongly around pregnancy is puberty trauma and their mm-hmm. first period. And I've been alerted to this because my daughter's 12 and has is going through that. So I had to prepare her for that. And as part of all of that, she said to me, well, when, when was your first period? And I, and I, and I couldn't tell her. I literally have no idea whether I was 12, 14, 15, just no memory. I don't even know whether I use pads. I literally, I must have done, but I just have nothing to give her. It's like this huge blank. And then, and now with my understanding of trauma, I'm like, wow, I have blanked that out. Mm-hmm. That was clearly deeply traumatic. And what I also find interesting is I've got a lot of shame around. Like she's walking around like, telling me how her period is, how much she ble- she's waving pads around. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> how can you do that? Like, for me, it's always been this secretive thing and embarrassed about it and don't want to talk about it. There was so much shame around it. And she's teaching me that it there's no need for that. And it's it's so interesting for me to be taught that by my daughter who, who's coming at it fresh. But I've been talking about her period, like preparing her, explaining how it's going to be. So when it did happen, there was no shock, no trauma. She was ready. And mm-hmm. and I guess I never had any of that. So so when my client mentioned, you know, this is why it was easy for me to go, you've got puberty trauma. And she was like, nah. And sure enough, she did. And when she healed that, the body image issues fell away. A lot of the pregnancy fear fell away because it's all tied up. The same themes are showing up. Because that reflects like personally my story as well. Like I do not remember my first period. I have no distinct memory of like it happening. I think I was about 12. I think I was in sixth grade. I don't know. I don't have specific memories. I do know that like I was so ashamed and didn't want to deal with it that I didn't use any period products for like uh, my first few periods. Like I just free bled. And like, I remember my mom being like, uh, like, why aren't you like using a pad or something? And I just was like, I can't even, but I also had like so much, I had had childhood trauma before that. And just like engaging with my body in this way was too much for me to process. And so like, I just, yeah, absolutely shut it out. And so like, yes, now I don't have those memories. And at the time it, I knew that it was like too much. So the interesting thing about Uh, that too for me and probably for a lot of people so in your menstrual cycle there are four distinct phases and they also can correlate with like your life phases so the time in your cycle that's right after your period ends is it's in the follicular half so the the first half of your cycle where 
the follicles building in your ovary. This is also referred to as inner spring, like energetically, you're like spring-like. It's the beginning, it's newness, a new cycle. That time of your life, if you think about it, is similar to childhood. So I had childhood trauma. So every inner spring of my cycle, I would kind of go back into this place of like losing track of my body. My regular practices that I would do, even like washing my face at night, would just like fall away. And I didn't really connect that that I was still like journeying part of who I was going through that trauma every single month when I would come to that part of my cycle. So that's been a huge potential for healing for me is that awareness. And then, yeah, like, like you were saying with your clients, like healing that has resolved so many other things. So finding that point in my cycle where I can like treat myself with a lot more like compassion, because I'm like, even if it's not conscious, my body's retraveling some of those traumas every single month. So that's a big point that I wanted to bring up is it's like, if we don't do this work, we will stay in these cycles forever because our bodies have to have a way to resolve them. And if they don't, then we start like falling apart or it, or it manifests in these big fears and anxieties and other things that impact our lives all the time, every day until we can resolve it. But going back to your story with your daughter, I love that you were able to just like gently talk about this before it happened. So she was already prepared I created menarche kits. So menarche is your very first period because I felt this need to. I'm like, how much better would it have been if I just was given? So my menarche kits have like a little sampling of period products and it's in a tiny wet bag where they can just put it in their locker or their backpack because mm. you never know when your period's going to start. Yeah. And then it also comes with a little bit of period education. So just like one sheet that, you can talk with your daughter beforehand because a lot of moms I'm finding have trauma around their puberty, like you were saying. And so they're too ashamed to bring it up with their daughters before it starts, or they have no idea how to talk about it in a way that's not shame-based or embarrassed or just like bringing up their own stuff. So I love that you were able to do that for your daughter. And that is exactly what I'm trying to work for, for so many other people too. And it's just like, mo I'm finding that most moms just need like even just a tiny nudge of like, here's a little bit of directions. And I send them like some conversation starters and ideas and things like that and other resources. But it's like, then they get this really gentle way to introduce their, um, their young daughters to this whole idea where it, we can release from this new generation, all the shame and trauma that we had um, around our changing bodies at that age that's already so vulnerable and that's like so important and it makes a difference because then like your relationship with your cycle for the rest of your life if it starts from a positive place is going to be so much better when you think about the impact of trauma and how that has a ripple effect and shows up in yes. lots of nefarious ways you know the link between you know, when I, my client who um, we, we had this experience with and I'm going to be talking to her, we're going to be doing a, a podcast chat about this. So she won't mind me saying this, but she's a therapist. And so she's kind of looked at her own traumas. She's not kind of blind mm. in that respect. She's been hunting them down herself. And so when I said puberty trauma, she's like, what? you know, that was like, what are you on about? Like, hang on a minute. I've done an audit on my traumas. This one wasn't there. And, and yet mm -hmm. I think with a lot of traumas, we kind of miss them because 
a lot of them are micro traumas, these smaller mm -hmm. events that we kind of easily dismiss and don't realize the impact that they're having. Um, yeah. And, and we also just don't realize, I think we're just so conditioned to overlook our menstrual cycle as a whole that we yeah. would never think, oh, it might have something to tell me or it might be storing trauma. You know what I mean? But it's actually like been this huge well of information of how our whole experience is going. One thing I've started doing recently, and I only downloaded this app like last week, is I was really interested in seeing whether my cycle aligns with the moon. <laughs> because, because like you were saying at the beginning, you know, we we are natural, be we, we're, we're animals, we're, we're nature, mm -hmm. we're part of nature. And so, yes. you know, and, and also one thing that really blew my mind when I first started working in the pregnancy world was the, 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 calc the, the method used for calculating due dates is based on lunar cycles, which just blew my mind at the beginning. I was like, mm. what? And, and, and I've got a podcast on all of this, but so, so the, the importance of lunar cycles on the female cycle is, is, is obviously very, very, very important and tied in. And one thing I read, and you can put me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we can start to align our cycle to the lunar cycle. And, and when we are, we're kind of more, more aligned as a being, or I, I don't know, maybe in a healthier place or whatever. Is that a myth or is there any truth to that? There's two, two ways to look at that. Okay. One way, uh, the connection with the moon from like a modern scientific perspective, they'll say it's it's like nice but unfounded. Okay. <laughs> because um or like the whole idea of like you sync up with the moon or you sync up with people around you. The, yeah. the scientific explanation for that is that um it just seems that way because of the probability of cycles matching up so it's more memorable when it aligns with the moon cycle so we we like pay more attention but that means we pay less attention when it doesn't align because our menstrual cycles i mean as you know they can be irregular so like they can fall out of alignment with uh, uh the moon cycle all the time but like the probability means sometimes they will align and then we'll feel like ooh, this is really cool Okay. However, there's another side, which is that in all likelihood, absolutely women used to menstruate with the moon because of um, light sensitive hormones. So our hormones are actually like super sensitive to light. And now our modern lifestyle has so much artificial light that's actually impacting our hormones and our hormonal rhythm a lot of our hormone like health comes when we're asleep. We're kind of interrupting that a lot with, uh, you know, being on our phones right before bed and all the artificial light. So before all of that, when the only light people had was from the moon, mm. our light responsive hormones absolutely responded to that because like, like that's the kind of, it's, it's another stimulator for the the whole cascade of hormones that that cause the timing of ovulation and that kind of thing right science will say nice thought but probably not but also there's this whole other scientific explanation of like the light stuff and also like energetically it does feel like really special to like <laughs> ovulate with the moon and like other plants and animals in nature who again like aren't exposed to artificial light the way that we are but they do it's more likely mm. that they're aligning with the with the moon cycle as well so 
yeah, it's it's a big whole thing and it is very cool. Yeah, yeah, it is very cool. Well, the app I'm using, I'm loving, which is called Stardust, by the way. And what I love about it is, is they show the graph, they show how the different hormones are coming in and out. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Just seeing different cool. coming in and out. And now I'm like, okay, I need to eat sweet potatoes when that one's out. And I need, and, it, and now I'm overwhelmed with too much information and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, um, so I want to take the conversation now to um, those that are trying, well, that the pre-pregnancy. And so there's mm-hmm. two groups that I'm conscious of that, that are going to be listening. Those that are desperately trying to get pregnant because they, they're they like, right, the time is now. Let's do this. We've just got married or whatever it is. They're kind of on that TTC journey. And then there mm-hmm. are those that are super terrified and, des- you know, that preg- like having sex is an issue because they might get pregnant and that, that's going to really trigger their anxiety and phobia. Mm-hmm. Both groups are going to be super obsessed with their cycles for differing reasons. Can you just talk to that kind of trying to get pregnant or trying to avoid getting pregnant aspect of cycles, yeah. just so that those that are maybe new to this aspect of their life can kind of have an introduction to that side of things? The first thing I will say is there are whole other professionals in this realm beyond like just menstrual cycle coaches. And if this is something that's like really got you thinking, you should look into fertility awareness method instructors because they're all like, I focus on the whole menstrual cycle. They're mostly focused on the fertility aspect of your cycle. Mm. So you can really hone in on that part. But I do kind of want to go back to this idea for those trying to conceive and actually both trying to avoid and trying to conceive again, remember your period, your, I mean, your whole menstrual cycle is a stress responsive system. So think about trying so hard to control this thing. Your body is listening to that. And so trying to conceive in a way that stresses you out may actually be impacting your fertility, right? Because you're, you're throwing in a whole bunch of stress and cortisol and like also just like negative attention. And again, remember our bodies are always listening to that kind of input. I know this is like way easier said than done to be like, just don't worry about it. But I do want to put a plug in for just like remembering that the stress itself can, can be an obstacle, but the best, like, like I said, the best thing to do, I think is to look at your own fertility biomarkers. Don't, don't like, just trust an app and an algorithm that's saying this is when you're this is when you're ovulating because you might not be ovulating and like there's so many reasons why your fertility might not be optimal and might be a challenge also another huge thing that people are waking up to but certainly wasn't i never heard about this when i was trying to conceive it took me a year to get pregnant after getting off of birth control so i've been on this journey myself and i didn't realize I was certainly never told about the impact of stress on my hormones. I was certainly, I mean, I kind of knew about nutrition, but I did not know just how much you can impact your fertility through nutrition. And then the other thing was how much disruption we do to our fertility and our natural hormone cycles all the time through uh, lifestyle choices, but also especially like products that we use endocrine disruptors are everywhere. You have to be very mindful about like the things that you consume or put on your body that could be potentially paying 
playing a pretty big role in your your hormone levels. Uh, and that's like a huge reason why I started my Club Red, my my subscription box, not only to help like people who are fine with like not trying to con- to conceive to enjoy their periods, but also like I love the this box for women who are trying to conceive because I know from personal experience that when I got my period every month when I was trying to conceive for that whole year, the first thought I had was disappointment. And instead, so I have this subscription box that is full of hormone-friendly period and personal care and self-care items so that it instead becomes, instead of a disappointment, a special time to just like be with where you are in your body. And again, like keep in mind the way to like care for your body, honor your body. It's trying, it's doing a lot of hard work. And honestly, like if you're on this journey of trying to get rid of some of these potentially negative effects like endocrine disruptors and some lifestyle obstacles that are impacting your fertility instead like taking your period as a time to like slow down and check in and just be with yourself instead of being with what your body's not doing was Mm. like hugely transformational to me in my relationship with my outlook on trying to conceive but also like on my outlook on my body and myself and that my body wasn't a disappointment by doing what it's made to do. Our bodies are always trying to get us pregnant when they're functioning as they are made to. And so it just helped me recognize and honor that it was trying its best, right? And then I could I could instead of be disappointed in my period, like use it as a time to connect and honor the hard work that it's doing. The, I think the stress thing is a huge thing because you, you just hear so much where people are like, well, we've just given up now yeah. and then bang, they're pregnant. Yes. Because they've just kind of yes. relaxed around their whole cycle. And suddenly it was, it was the stress that was that was getting in the way of their fertility. You know, and, and, and yeah. some, I think, I've, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, when you're stressed, I heard that the inflammation in the fallopian tubes actually just stops things happening. Like there's a physical blockage. So yeah, there's like restrictions. Yeah, that tension is mm-hmm. just really important to kind of. So it's almost about having this detachment around, you know, it's like, yes, wanting it, but also being detached from it, which is a, you know, very kind of Buddhist. But also when, you, when you've healed yeah. something and when you've got, um, so with the process that I've developed where you have neutrality around something, you can, you can want mm-hmm. it, but you've, not, you've lost that desire energy which means the want, well, that, that want desire energy is not there. So you can kind of take it or leave it, even though deep down it's what you really want, that energy is not there. And so that's crucial to create that kind of neutrality space, which which is free of yeah. the emotional energy that creates the stress. Yes. Right? It's, it's soothing to your nervous system rather than activating yeah. to your whole nervous system, which stress um, and like this control and wanting something so bad is very activating to your whole nervous system, which again, impacts your whole cascade of hormonal happening so again it sounds so much easier than it feels like to do but yes the like learning to allow and cultivate this neutrality and cultivate safety in your body then releases so much of this held tension so then relax relaxation a safer lower place of operating from absolutely is more likely to one you're like experiencing less pain in general and inflammation and all those things 
um, when you can calm your nervous system. Is there a, an emotional tie-in with, because again, I'm, I'm just raising this question because it's just what I've observed in myself, that the more healing I've done, the more kind of okay I am with me, the less, like I get caught out by my periods so much now because I, I don't see it kind of like, you know, before I would like, oh, you know, the cramping stomach, you know, you kind of get alerted to it with the irritable and, the, you know, all the, all the usual things. And now I'm like, you know, some of that just, and then I just get totally caught out. I mean, how did I, how does this happen? <laughs> Is there a link between the, maybe your emotional state or anxiety and the, the level of your symptoms? Absolutely. Because again, this physical thing, our bodies and our menstrual cycles, our manifestations are like your body's language for communicating your overall wellness, which includes mental health, emotional mm. health, like our experiences, um, like our past, like all of this like lives in our bodies, right? We know. And emotions for sure impact impact our overall well-being and for sure our menstrual cycles as well. And it's funny you mentioned pain specifically because that was a huge thing for me and why I was open to the idea of an IUD and why I was put on birth control in the first place uh, in in grad school was because my my period pain was debilitating. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing physically wrong with me. I was just in a bad relationship and I was in grad school and wasn't like paying attention to my body. I was so caught up in like the stress of grad school. And like, so yeah, like this physical thing to me, like, I think a big reason why my period pain was so bad at that point was not even necessarily the stress so much as the like the stress of school so much as the stress of that bad for me relationship which definitely had an impact on like my emotional well-being um and it was it like I love talking about the menstrual cycle as a way to de like the language that your body uses to communicate with mm -hmm. you and pain is its most common and disruption these are the most common ways that your body communicates with you something about your entire experience not just your physical health so mm -hmm. absolutely your emotional state and like your life circumstances and things that are working for your well-being impact your cycle for sure because pain, you know, when I do a lot of work with women around helping them to kind of lose their fear of pain, particularly because mm -hmm. a lot of women think that the pain of birth is going to be like, like the pain of childbirth is the gold standard in pain. And everybody is all agreed, especially Hollywood, that nothing is more painful than childbirth. So, of course, a lot of women have got huge levels of pain around it. Mm -hmm. um, and so as part of that work, you know, a lot of it is just understand that pain is actually an important signal from the body, which is what yes. you just touched on letting you know that there's a problem and actually so that we need to like pain and appreciate it for the work that it's doing because without it we wouldn't know if you, you know if a bear had just chewed off your foot and you didn't even notice it because there's no pain you know you'd be yes. quickly bleeding out and and, and dying whereas it, the minute it hurts you're like okay I need to go and sort this out get some help right so then you're alerted to the problem you probably would have been alerted by the big bear in the first place but you know <laughs> to get to, just to sort of you know to to let's yes. run with this and and so the pain is a useful signal so so what you're saying is when we have premenstrual pain that it's a sign that really we just need to kind of take a look at what's yes. going on in our lives why is this showing up for us what is in disease as it were yes and and possibly emotional stuff is a good place mm -hmm. to look in 
but not yeah. necessarily there could be a nutritional imbalance and, and all of that yeah 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 there's Good. lots of stuff but it's honestly pretty shocking how frequently like life circumstances that aren't in line uh, in alignment with like working toward your overall well-being getting rid of those or changing those or stepping out of bad relationships like my in my case can like utterly take away some of these problems that I would have never thought I could just like walk away from period pain because I left a relationship you know what I mean like it seems too big in my mind it seems too big it's got to be so many things and really it's just like yeah this life circumstance that my body was communicating through its language which is pain and I just learned to listen to that language and appreciate that it was a communication tool telling me examine your life right and it's it is like pretty shocking how often that is the case that it's not a physical thing everybody's like really um it's like really trendy trendy is downplaying it too much because there is a lot of hormonal health imbalances right now but I feel like everybody's kind of catching on that we need to be like checking our hormones and paying attention to our hormones and like hormones can for sure be the root cause but if you don't know what is making your hormones kind of go out of whack it's still gonna it's probably gonna keep popping up you know what I mean like Mm. so it's always so shocking I think and like also oddly comforting how often it's a life circumstance or emotional component that we can like go to that emotional root cause and be like oh my body was doing this huge disruption to get my attention that my whole life wasn't working as well as I deserve, right? Like as well as it could be. And then like your overall health and well-being, you take a step toward that and so much like your body's like, great, that's what I needed. Pain done. That happened for me. And it was like so mind blowing. So it's just like an alarm bell going, hey, you're heading in the yes. wrong direction here. You need to stop. There's some stuff over here that's taking you out of alignment. That's what's going to be true and good for you. You need to kind of take a look at this and stop doing the things that aren't resonating, aren't good for yeah. you. Aren't, aren't in alignment for you. It's, yes. It's as yes. simple as that. Yes. yes. And it's like huge, pays huge dividends. Huge. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure that's going to be a huge, well, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it's huge comfort, but also quite you think oh my god my life's a hot mess where do I start which, which bit yeah. of it's not working like which bit any of it just go yeah. <laughs> yeah. how do you know if I gotta like you know at root like ditch everybody I don't know like you know where to, how do you figure out where to go but but yes knowing that actually it's just an alert to take a closer look at what's going on what's making you unhappy where the friction is where the stress is the anxiety focus on that which is by addressing that as well that's going to make you happier anyway because clearly this thing's not making you happy on a deep level so it's just about being getting real with your life situation yes and dealing with whatever is staring at you probably in the face and now screaming at you too through your through your period yes I just wanted to talk briefly about that period post-birth so let's just talk a little bit about you know the recovery of the menstrual cycle okay so the most important thing I can tell you right here is just a very practical thing that I had no idea and I think a lot of people don't know about their fertility and that is that you will not get your first bleed your first period 
without first passing through a fertile phase. So don't wait for your bleeding to come before figuring out what you're doing for both birth control, because you will already have potentially gotten pregnant (laughs) if you had sex in your fertile window. Because what happens first before a period is ovulation. And the only way you can get pregnant is that egg is fertilized at the right time, right? So just so you know, this is why (laughs) so many people get pregnant out of nowhere when they're breastfeeding because they're like, oh, prolactin's got me. It's it's, uh, suppressing uh, ovulation. Well, it is up until it's not, right? And that's different for everybody. Just know that that's not like breastfeeding isn't for everyone a reliable form of birth control. So if you really are trying to avoid pregnancy, think about how you want to avoid pregnancy, knowing that don't wait for your first period before figuring out what you want to do, because you will have already potentially gotten pregnant from that fertile phase that comes before. Because again, like your period is happens when an unfertilized egg is present and released but you can't get an unfertilized egg without the possibility of getting the egg fertilized first in that window of ovulation which is a about two weeks before your period so anyway that's very important and i like i have a few friends who got pregnant i have like irish twins because they didn't they were told like this misinformation that you can wait until you get your first period before figuring out what you want to do for birth control it's actually opposite your your window of of fertility opens before your period so that's huge (laughs) that is huge and and typically how much time have they got I mean I know you said it varies because the breastfeeding and everything is different but I mean are we talking because I've heard it can be weeks it can be weeks honestly it is so variable my my mom my mom actually had 10 children oh my word (laughs) she uh, yeah uh uh-huh and she was so confused when I was looking at birth control when my da- I mean like when I got an IUD when my daughter was six weeks old and she was like what are you doing you're breastfeeding she her body absolutely the prolactin from breastfeeding absolutely sur- suppressed her ovulation enough that she never used birth control when she was breastfeeding and it worked for her for 10 kids so she didn't have surprise pregnancies when she was breastfeeding but like I said I have two friends who live here like so that is like the smallest percentage that have Irish twins because they were breastfeeding and they were told that that would be enough. So it honestly just depends on your body. I personally, to be very safe, would just err on the side of thinking that my body will not, uh, like, will not suppress ovulation reliably through um, breastfeeding alone. Also, like, thinking about breastfeeding too, like, as soon, it's, it's such a delicate balance of, hormones that um are released like when you're when you're breastfeeding that if your baby starts weaning or like you drop a feeding some people can immediately start ovulating at that point it's really pretty sensitive depending on the body so i personally if you're really not wanting to take any risks if you are that's fine that's no big deal you can do whatever you want with your fertility just know that yeah. you might very well be fertile before you ever think that you are I would err on the side of anticipating that you are that you are ovulating before you think you might be and you can you can track your ovulation you can track your biomarkers it 
I would highly recommend if you want to do that to know if you are ovulating and when um, to find a, a fertility awareness method instructor that can help you with your fertility biomarkers, particularly because postpartum, your hormones are going all over and mm-hmm. it can be a little bit tricky to like chart and know if you're ovulating, if you already have like this mm-hmm. knowledge and know what you're looking for. Postpartum is trickier than like a regular um, menstrual yeah. cycle. Yeah. There's there's like a big difference. And yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering whether, depending on how the birth went, you know, if it was a positive experience for yeah. her versus a traumatic experience, then that's going to have, different impact on the hormones I would imagine that birth trauma is going to send hormones in a totally different direction to a positive birth is that fair to say I would absolutely think so Mm -hmm. yeah so getting somebody to support you I mean I think if you've been through that you need to find support to deal with the trauma but if fertility is something then it's definitely to get help and support at that point yeah around that yes definitely definitely get all the support absolutely all the support my two friends who who live here who both got pregnant and have Irish twins, so two kids born within one year. They got pregnant before their newborn was three months old, right? So that would be within one calendar year. Yeah, yeah. That's how young they were pregnant again with a like less than three month old infant. Ah. But yes, but a lot of them, honestly, a few of them were told from like midwives who you would think would like know about natural cycles and rhythms. So that's why like one of my good friends was like, my midwife told me I wasn't fertile until I get my period. And like, if I'm breastfeeding, I won't get my period. So like they told me it was this clear and it is just really not air on the side of anticipating that you are fertile before you think you will be. So everyone, you hear to hear first, breaking news. (laughs) Don't wait for the bleed. (laughs) <laughs> nope not if you're trying to avoid <laughs> and and just to pick up on your mum she planned 10 births did she it wasn't an accident <laughs> nope she ever since she was I know ever since she was a little girl she wanted 10 kids and then she did it <laughs> like she did it. What? yeah Christmas around your house my goodness uh, yeah it, big house it was it was a busy busy place my mom I sometimes think about this I only have one kid, but my mom was pregnant or breastfeeding for over 20 years of her life. And I'm just like, I can't imagine. I'm just like, so please, I too. Yes, I'm out of that phase now. I can get back to my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, listen, Elizabeth, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much. Now, if people want to find out about getting help from you, your box as well. I was looking for a box like this for my daughter and all the boxes I found were just like my background is marketing so I'm used to kind of just adding extra rubbish into stuff just to make a kit and mm-hmm. I did loads of that in my marketing yep. days that's just unnecessary and I, I found loads like that when I was looking for boxes oh here's a mug no I don't want a mug <laughs> just give me the stuff that's really useful that's going to help so um yep. so tell us where we can find your box yeah so myclubred.com okay is the You'll find the period self-care subscription box, My Club Red. And then I that's also where you can find Menarchy kits. So the first period kits, you can find those there too, if you have a daughter about to start her period. Um, and then you can also, that's where I post like events. I do virtual workshops to help women and menstruators learn about their cycle and I have different like themes and programs and stuff like that. That's on the events page on that same website. 
And if you want to work with me one-on-one on menstrual cycle coaching, you could just reach out through that website as well. So myclubred.com. Brilliant. And we're going to have all the links. And also you mentioned some books at the beginning. So I'm just going to get all those book titles off you so that in the show notes for this episode, we're going to include links to all of that, plus any references and also any additional stuff that you can think of after we've finished that you might want to think it's relevant to the resources that people might want to check out then. Yeah. I'll be including all that in the show notes for the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining me on today's show on Fair Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much. This was so great. Loved it. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond. With fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mama Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.